0: Daily inspiration podcast on the planet in fifteen to twenty minutes. Let's go. All right, Kingsley Grant, I am so grateful to have you on. Now, Kingsley, first off, you're a friend. Uh, we've been friends for quite some time. Yes, uh, but you're also a, a very accomplished keynote speaker on leadership uh, and on emotional intelligence, which you have uh, have branded as emotelligent and yes. uh, you actually you're an author and yeah. you have a, a, a book that's you this book has gotten around like this yes. is uh you'll see it's got some great reviews it's it's you've, you've had a lot of readers of this book <laughs> yes. and it, the, the book title is the emotelligent leader so yes. kingsley thank you so much um for for joining us on the thoughtful entrepreneur uh and uh, as well uh you had me on your show and so yes. if people want to listen to the conversation
1: on the other side Where would they hear that? So they go to com slash podcast. They will see your show right there and they can listen to it right there. And uh, um, really, it was an incredible time to have you just to hear you open up and just uh, download information that was so helpful to my audience and to me obviously to of course to to see what's happening and you know with up your influence and just an incredible way of our conversation so it's available people can go there and listen to it which is really doing well by the way so thank you again for being on the show and share with our audience the things you did
0: Excellent, excellent. So uh so let's let's talk about leadership. And so I think a lot of people listening to this um, to this show have they they're at that stage where they're have a team now. Um, you know, they're starting to do more and more and more. They're outsourcing, they've got maybe a handful of people that are kind of you know, a little bit more than just a freelancer. I mean, they're right. really actively part of the organization. And um, I'll use my own team as an example. So, mm-hmm. we've got about 20 people on the team. Um, about seven of them are, seven to eight of them, they're pretty involved, right? Yes. And, yeah. and I'd say the, the majority of them are, you know, they're freelancers that we right. use anywhere from, you know, five to 20 some hours a week. Right. Um, and so, we're a virtual team. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, culture is is a little bit more challenging. You know, mm-hmm. we can't have Aloha shirt Friday. We can't have, <laughs> you know, get together, and, you know, and have a, a big tug of war marketing against operations <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so, so, let's I'd really Kingsley, if you, if you wouldn't mind, like I'd really love to talk about Uh, what are the basic tenets of leadership? And then we're going to kind of move the conversation into, um, you know, how a leader sets culture and and how a leader uh, kind of shapes, uh, you know, this organization um, uh, and what our responsibilities are.
1: Sure. You know, I think, um, Josh, one of the first thing I go to is communication because it, it all revolves around how well, how succinctly we communicate. And people understand that we're trying to make sure that everything that they need to know to get a job done, to raise their abilities that they have to bring to the workforce, is there. Is we have to communicate. And I think that leaders who fail to truly communicate and continue to communicate is they do a disservice to themselves, but also to their, their people. Because what happened is sometimes it's not what is the message sent, right? It's just really how the message was received and what was received. How do we verify that what it is we're communicating is actually getting through? So communicating and follow up and feedback, those are the basic tenets, I believe, of what leadership needs to be doing, whether it's virtually or otherwise, to make sure everybody is running with the same same project or the same task that has been, been mentioned. Okay.
0: Leadership and communication are two very broad concepts. Right. And so, let's get specific about, you know, how how can leaders
1: communicate more effectively? Right. So, I, I think the idea is, which I talk about in my book as well, is the acknowledgement. So, for example, I think is that we, each person has to be very unique and has to be treated that way, has to be addressed that way. So, most times I find leaders doing this general a very generality approach. And I think what happened, people don't necessarily hear themselves in that general approach. They hear, okay, it's a broad thing, but how does it apply to me? So I, find that when we can be very specific, when we can be very, um, we we label that assignment and put a name there and put a time there and, uh, you know, a bookend there. Then people begin to hear it's for them and not just for the the team or for the group. So I think being more specific is like acknowledgement, uh, calling a name, labeling the assignment, putting a time, putting a stamp on there, I think that begins to allow the persons now to hear themselves as a part of that rather than just a general um, wish or, or, uh, you know, be made by by the leader. That makes sense. Talk to
0: me, Kingsley, about the danger of building an organization where the employees are involved in nothing but a transactional relationship.
1: Yeah, you know, the idea of the transactional piece is where people feel as if they're being used. And it's just more as you know, I was just as a matter of fact, engaged in a conversation with someone recently about that very thing. And this person was saying, well, I hire people just to have them come in and get the job done. They can't. I fire them. It's almost like very Mm -hmm. cut and dry, right? I'm thinking, Uh, okay, how's that working for you, (laughs) right, number one? Right, right, (laughs) right. (laughs) And and number two, when people feel that they are nothing but a transactional um, kind of uh, approach, I mean, approach that way, they know it. They are very self-aware and they can pick up on that. And what they will do then is begin to, in their own way, Push back and resist, which is disengagement, which is low productivity. They're still getting the job done, but imagine what could happen if they could feel that they're more than a transaction.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel like Kingsley, I, like it's, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I'm a little bit of a faker where I feel like I know these principles, but I, I feel like sometimes I just you know, my shortcoming is that I just get so wrapped up in my own work and my own responsibilities yeah. that I'm like, man, you know, it's I'll say thank you to yeah. people a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I, I, I really should be doing more than that um, with people yeah. on our own team.
1: I don't yeah. like what what are my first steps? Like, what should I do? You see, I think it's really what I um, talk about very much in the book as well, is a recognition piece. Because 79% of people who left the workplace, whether they quit or just resigned or whatever, however they left, 79% of them, when they were asked the question, what's the number one reason why you left? The number one reason. And the number one reason they gave was this. We were not recognized, valued, appreciated, the way that made us feel as if we were valuable. What does that look like? It just, you know, thank you is wonderful. It's a great place to start. But what am I thankful for thanking you for is if I know your, 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 um, where you're, uh, for example, about you, if I get to know you a little bit more. So I say, Josh, you know, thank you. You know, what I've seen about your work ethic, what I've seen about how you are a resilient person, what I've seen is that's how you. When you get started on something, you follow all the way through. Thank you for being that way. Thank you for being a valuable member of the team. Imagine how much more that weight that brings because the person now hears me saying, I noticed, I have been watching, I know you. They hear all of that in that one thank you statement. Now that raises their value. It raises their, um, how they see you as a leader and they're going to celebrate you, not just when you're around, but even when you're not around.
0: And so Kingsley, I guess the next question is, um, you know, what are some, what are some practical ways? Like, how do I know the best way to, uh, here, here's one, I'm going to give you a one concern and then how can I figure out the best way to show appreciation and, and, and really share recognition with someone. Right. So one concern may be is if I say, oh my gosh, you are so valuable to this organization, uh, I, you know, part of me is thinking, well, I still do have a budget that I need to adhere to, right. and I'd be afraid that if I went overboard on that, they'd be like, "Wait a minute, I'm going to like double <laughs> my fees if I'm that valuable." <laughs> <laughs> so, what? What? Help me through this. Yeah,
1: you know, I was probably first. I would say that is a thing that I find and I hear a lot, right? It's a globalized statement. So you're so valuable to the organization. That's very globalized. I think that how can I localize that by saying, okay, you know, Josh, what you did today proved that that work, that task brought great value to the organi- organization. So I I specifically mentioned that in a context where it's not Globalizing that, saying you are always, and so now they're going to say, "Hey, if I'm this person, you better pay up double." So if I am more specific and and the more um uh, the organic um, approach, where I label that around the context of what they did, then they're not hearing me say, "You're always this way, and you your value requires or are now." I require to pay you double the amount. So I think mm-hmm. that's the place we get to start with is localizing the conversation around what specifically, am I mm. grateful for, am I appreciating them for, or am I saying they're valuable for? That localized conversation now transforms what they're hearing. They're not hearing this global um, kind of pronounce, pronouncing pronouncing that you are now this great person that ought to be paid 100% yeah. more. you know?
0: yeah. Um,
1: and so how can we, what are some
0: things that we could, obviously modeling I think is is really important yeah. as well. Um, but speaking specifically of virtual teams, the virtual companies, um, you know, where we do kind of miss out on some advantages to being together in person. Being together in person, look, I go to conferences and, you know, my relationship with people really makes huge jumps forward when we get to spend that in-person time together. Um, so obviously one thing, I'll put this out there, and and i'm sure you've got some great ideas when we chat as a team um and i don't do this enough um but you know i i I really insist on you know everybody getting together on video um it's about as best as we can do it's higher touch than phone calls phone calls like you have no idea what Anybody's doing, yeah. you know, and you could completely check out on a phone call. I just feel like video is much more present yeah. for one another. And you know, if my operations director is is talking, I want her to know that that I am focused and yes. and really really uh, appreciate what she's sharing. So I want to demonstrate and show her visually my attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. So beyond that. What are some things that that virtual teams? We live on Slack, <laughs> so in terms of like platforms, with Slack and Zoom are like you know we spend all day on on those two platforms.
1: You know, just you've, you've identified, I believe, one of the very a, a game changer when in not being able to in lieu of being able to meet together physically. You know, I was working with a, actually still I am working with a company where this leader has really taken on a different role, and she is struggling because she has a number of people to manage, but they're all over the world, and so she yeah. was having these meetings, and as you describe, it was all. Through um, audio through a, a phone call and i said to her well how is that really letting people know and see if they're actually paying attention to what it is you're saying and not trying to multitask so we anyway long story short we moved to the virtual thing where she is now having these meetings virtually on a video format where they are able to look at one another and get that one eye contact because the body language, seventy percent or so of our communication is done through our nonverbals, right? And more of that, mm-hmm. but being being very, you know, uh, conservative, seventy percent of that is being done. So if I'm not seeing you and seeing how you're paying attention and, you're, and reading your eyes and your, you know, your tone of your body and your your all those things, I need to hear and see because it tells me, number one, you're saying I'm valuable enough to have that time with you where you can look into my eyes and tell me, I appreciate you. Thank you for the work you're doing. And then also to hear back from them what it is that they're maybe struggling with. So I think that's a very first thing we need to do. Secondly, I think we get to know, you know, the whole know, like, and trust factor. We get to know the people that we are are working for us. What is it about them that I need to know? So I, number one, have to let them know about me. You know, I'm sponsoring a child, for example, through, you know, Compassion International. And what happened is that the person will ask me some questions about me. They want to know, tell me about your life. And I asked this child, tell me about your life. What that does... It bridges a gap. So I can now say, hey, you know, call the child's name. I'll say, hey, you know, how's soccer going? How's your mom? How's your goat yeah. doing? You know, because now I'm making it personal. So I think the virtual aspect, we can do so much with that by getting to take a few minutes to know that person, know what it is that makes them tick, know how their day is, know what their struggles are, and then personalize that in my comments, personalize in my conversation. And that way I am really doing the whole empathetic approach where I'm putting myself in their shoe as in, in my whole conversation with them, that I believe elevates and skyrockets, not just you as a leader, but them as what they give to you and your company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Kingsley, um, when people engage with you, so talk talk to me a little bit about your business yeah. and how, how you grew your business like where did where did you get your first clients from
1: Um, and then what did you do to scale your business You know, that's a great question, Josh, because I find like almost everybody else, this is one of the things we we constantly have to be tweaking and revising and tweaking and revising. And for me, it really began with my uh, word of mouth, because I think what it was for many, many years, you know, I've always been in leadership, you know, whether in the uh, corporate world and the nonprofit world, I've done that both places. And I have led teams across the board. So what happened is that when when I began my own business, people who knew me were almost like just um, drawn towards me and they wanted to know what it is I'm doing and they'll follow me to the end of the edges, so to speak. There are some people who are that way. So I began to say, well, what can I then bring to them of value? So it's word of mouth, it's relationship, it's those networking relationships which I formed And began to, you know, as um, Zig Ziglar say, help other people get what they want and that in turn get me what I want. And so when I began to help people and the more I helped them, the more I saw a return on my quote investment of that. So when I when I began to realize that I begins, okay, well, I'm going to begin to do the training and the teaching and the coaching and it's developed my own model, which I have. And so that is where I find my, got me into the door. The scaling part, I'm still working on, to be very mm-hmm. honest with you. I'm always, still working we're on always that. scaling.
0: That's
1: right. <laughs> yes, right. Because that's a challenge for me. You know, I've, I've done the virtual teams. I've had teams, I've, I've not have teams. I've done the solo thing. So it's really a constant um, work in progress. And I'm still in the process of doing that. But I have, the good part is I know, how to, I don't know, where to find the resources that would help me to scale, like a person like yourself, Josh, is um, really a a go-to person who can help in that regard. So I know the the things that I can use, but It's something I'm still working on. But attracting clients is through my podcast, through my writing, through my networking, through my speaking. You know, um, when I speak, um, like I'm doing a training this coming weekend, and I'm going to use that platform to build more clients and add to my, 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 um, my portfolio. Kingsley
0: you you've done some you've done some pretty good speaking work. Um, how how does someone go from a workshop speaker to becoming a keynote speaker?
1: I think that when you have to have a message, a very single a message that resonates with people. And I think once you can find your message, find as find your voice and people your delivery style you you know for me for me I've been speaking for many years, but I still joined Toastmasters, for example, <laughs> International, right? To really just use that as a place to refine my skills, get the feedback that I want, and to hone my message. But I think a person who is going to shift from a workshop speaker to a keynote speaker, number one, you have to do three things you have to um, educate, empower, and entertain. Those three things have to be a part of what it is you work on and develop in your delivery. So, how what is it you're educating your people who are in the audience? How are you empowering them and how are you entertaining them? And I find that if you can do those three things well around your message, people will want to hear you more than once because it is something they're going to live with. It's not just fluff, it's information, it's empowerment, and you have some entertainment in the process. So that is part of my, my um, framework, which I constantly coach people around speaking, final message, i make sure you're doing three things, educated, empowering, and entertaining.
0: Yeah. So it's a little bit different. So if you've just been doing workshops where you've been like, okay, grab your notebooks, yes. people, and uh, we're going to go and execute. I mean, because historically, I've done a lot of that. Now, I have done a yeah. keynote yeah. Um, for Florida BlogCon. And um, what is the, um, I, I guess, what is the opportunity from a speaking standpoint uh, to doing keynotes Versus workshops, yeah. versus like lunch and learn, you know, half day things. Like I, like what are I guess um, professionally, um, you know, w- you know, I guess as a speaker, you know, you can you can choose whether or not. And a keynote address is way different yes. than workshop. Yes. I mean, generally, you're gonna ins- you know, just like you say, you're gonna inspire more. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. talk a little bit more, kind of broader terms. Yeah. Um, not not as many executables specific. Right you know,
1: tactical type things. Right. Um, but professionally, what what's the difference? You know, I find it's not a whole lot of a difference, Josh. Mm-hmm. I find if you can tell good stories and really have stories that can resonate with your audience so you know your audience, number one, who you're speaking to and what stories you have that you can use to um, kind of... Um, really re- reinforce the points you're trying to make and i will try to make three points and not more than that but i use stories to drive that and what i find whether i'm speaking to a corporate or you know professionals or speaking to a student at the school or wherever that story is what really pulls people in and so i anchor my talks in keynotes around stories and I may tell more stories and just maybe highlight the points I'm making because stories we know is what sells, right? Facts, yeah. tells. And we know stories are the stickability piece. So I use that to drive um, in a business setting. But I find in the, in the in the workshop setting, you still have stories, but you are going to be, have a longer time to kind of download information. You can't do all of that in 45 minutes. It's just too much. So I find what's that one thread that I want people to live with and what's that one or two story that drives that point home.
0: Mm, mm. Kingsley, um, tell me what's in the book and and it's available on Amazon. Is that right? Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. Please sell us on your book. I want to know know if it solves problems. Um, I I just want people to know what problem it solves and, and who should read this book and what is the outcome they'll get from it. I know you to be. Uh, you're a great leader. You're a great speaker. You're a good friend. I mean, we've been. You're really well respected uh, in the podcasting world. Um, you know, certainly on social media. I, I love your content that you share. Um, yeah, please, please, please share. Uh, you know who the book is for, and and what will we gain from it when we it read is, it.
1: So the, the takeaway from the book is simply this: if you want to boost uh, productivity, performance, morale in the workplace and want to reduce the um, people leaving your workplace, the best uh, people to leave, the book is for you. So it's more for that um, business owner who's saying, "How can I engage have my people become more engaged? How can I boost productivity and what happened is it's not doing it at the expense of your people it 's doing it together where they feel as if they 're not transactional, like you mentioned earlier. They are a part of a team that is going to make something successful. they have to have a buy in so the book really helped is a model I call redefining leadership it 's about the new uh, intelligence which is the art of succeeding where others fail is the new intelligence for the workplace. So it's where the workplace says, if you want a new intelligence and to create new culture, um, diversity, uh, really cause people to feel like they're moving together and want to boost, as I mentioned before, their productivity and performance and reduce, um, people, your best people believe in the workplace. That book is for you. Yeah. Great, great. So
0: everything is available at kingsleygrant.com. Let me spell that. It's K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y. Grant, gran uh, And then, of course, you can go to KingsleyGrant.com slash podcasting. And our show, Kingsley, was episode number 111, Remarkable Leaders Leverage Authority and Influence on behalf of their team with Josh Elledge and Kingsley Grant. Go listen to that one. If you liked this conversation, we, we go into it. Um, I really loved it, Kingsley, because it was, um, you know, beyond what I normally just speak on uh, in terms of just you know, getting publicity, working with the media, that sort of thing. We really talked about, um, you know, how that intersects with leadership and why yes. authority is so critical yes. to being an effective leader, not just within your own internal organization, but of course, being a leader in, in your industry, in your community, on social, to your your audiences. I mean, there's, there's you know, there's lots of different places, you know, even in our families. I mean, leadership is something that that, that we carry with us wherever we go. So, Kingsley, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I really
1: appreciate your wisdom as well. Thank you, Josh. I, I appreciate being here and keep on doing the good work you're doing and helping people up their influence. And you're doing a fantastic job. I think that, you know, I'm so proud and privileged to know you as a friend, but also to see that you are making ways within the virtual world, but also in about leadership as well, in, as based our, on our talk, in our interview. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, Kingsley. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful
0: Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, 15 minutes a day now my name's josh elledge let's connect on the socials you'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com now thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the thoughtful entrepreneur movement